What should Christians think about things like cloning and stem cell research? We'll apply biblical truth to those topics today on Creation Magazine Live. God's Word, the Bible, is an accurate account of creation and it tells us how people can have a relationship with the Creator. Honoring God and explaining aspects of His Word is the focus of this podcast. Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. My name is Richard Fangrad. And I'm Calvin Smith. Now this week on Creation Magazine Live, our topic is stem cell research and cloning. Now both of those technologies have been around for uh, quite a while now and they often generate controversy. What is the biblical response that Christians should be taking regarding these kinds of things? Right, as a ministry that employs, as far as we know, the, the most PhD scientists of any Christian ministry globally, we often get asked science-related questions. And yeah. Even though our, our main focus as a ministry is on the, the science associated with the Bible's creation account, uh, Christians have asked us questions involving stem cells and cloning over the years. So today we're, we'll explain uh, what these things are and then see how to understand them from a biblical worldview. Right. Now let's start with cloning. Uh, way back on July 5th, 1996, the first successful mammal clone was born. Dolly the sheep has been called the world's most famous sheep. Uh, a book about this published a year later had this to say about it. The lamb has always been a symbol of innocence. This changed abruptly in the spring of 1997. Dolly, a barely three-month-old sheep, hit the headlines, displacing politicians and pop stars from the front pages of newspapers and magazines. Overnight, the fluffy white lamb of innocence had become a symbol of threat to the human society through an eerie new technology, cloning. Right, so how did this scientific breakthrough happen? Well, she was cloned by Sir Ian Wilmot, uh, Keith Campbell and colleagues at the Raslin Institute, part of the University of Edinburgh in Scotland, and the biotechnology company uh, PPL Therapeutics, based near Edinburgh. So Wilmot's experiment involved three adult female sheep. He, he first took a, an udder cell from a sheep, sheep A, we'll call it, a, a six-year-old uh, of the Finn Dorset breed. He then fused the genetic information in its nucleus with, with an egg cell from sheep B, from which the nucleus had been removed. And tiny electric shocks were used to get this new combination egg cell to divide. And the resultant embryo was implanted into the womb of sheep C, where it developed just like any other sheep embryo. All right, 150 days later, Dolly became the first sheep to be born without a father. Hmm. Uh, and that was uh, a, quite a breakthrough. But how do we judge cloning according to the Bible? In answering, we, we, we need to give just a little bit more background. Let's do that. Yeah, you know, the cells in a, in a living being, whether it's the, in, in the skin, the lungs, the nose, or elsewhere, have a complete set of genetic instructions known as the genome. And so from the, the very first division of the fertilized egg, the nucleus of every cell stores the complete genetic information. Right. At a very early stage in embryonic development, the cells specialize or differentiate so that some become nerve cells, some skin cells, bone cells, etc., each performs different functions based on different parts of the genetic code. That part of the genome which is not needed for specialized function of a, of a gland cell, for example, it isn't lost, but it's rather switched off or asleep, if you want to think of it that way. Right, so in 1996, Wilmot succeeded uh, in awakening the, the hidden information of the nucleus uh, of such a cell from its slumber, we should say. D Dolly in a, is a copy, it's a clone of the sheep whose udder cell was used. So a clone is, a, is an individual, plant, animal, or human being derived by asexual reproduction from another organism that has the identical genetic code. Right, but in spite of the fact that 
uh, clones have the same genotype, they're never absolutely identical. Uh, the way an individual develops depends a lot on the surroundings. Uh, this is unlike science fiction stories where, uh, for example, um, the bad guys make a clone from the DNA of an evil genius, and of course he turns into a, it turns out to be an evil genius. Yeah. Uh, your, your DNA doesn't determine all of your actions. That's not how it works. It's right. good for movies. but <laughs> We should keep in mind, too, that cloning, that, that's not actually a human invention. Right, um, right. You know, yep. the, the, the creator himself planned uh, this way of reproduction. For example, when, when we plant potato tubers uh, of the previous year, the potatoes we later harvest are just as nutritious and tasty, and this is because there's no new combination of hereditary information. The new potatoes weren't pollinated with the DNA of another. They are, in fact, clones of the previous year's plant. Right, yeah. Strawberries are also propagated from runners, which are actually clones of the parent plant, bearing fruit with the same color and taste. That's right. Um, so we also see cloning in the animal kingdom. Aphids can reproduce both sexually and by cloning. In spring, the first aphid generation hatches out of the fertilized eggs, but later the aphid legs, uh, lays eggs that start to divide without being fertilized. So they're clones of the mother. Right. Many other animals reproduce by cloning, uh, certain bees, ants, crustaceans, and lizards. Now, let's talk about cloning people. Okay, well, first off, human clones have always been here. Identical twins are real clones. The fertilized egg splits into two, and each of these two daughter cells develops separately. Uh, they are individual people with an absolutely identical set of genes. Right, but in spite of this, they are two different people. Yes. Uh, yeah. Each of them experiences the world in a un unique way, and each is uniquely molded by his or her individual experiences and choices, and both have their own personality and their own soul. Right, so is humanity allowed to use clo the, the cloning technique? Uh, humans are appointed rulers over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth, as it says in Genesis 1.28. So there's no reason why it shouldn't be used in, in plants and animals, especially where there is a benefit to, to mankind, such as a less hunger or disease. Christ's example indicates that things like healing or binding wounds or peacemaking or, or feeding the hungry, for example, which oppose the effects of the cursed are blessed. That's, what it, that's, what, that's the way they're labeled. Now, when humans uh, breed wheat that can be cultivated in cold areas or use yeah. artificial selection to get cows yielding more milk, we're, we're also manipulating nature. But of course, few would or, or should oppose such intervention. It follows that God's instruction to humans to subdue the earth uh, in Genesis 1, 20, 28, uh, you know, could also allow for cloning. Right. The, the worldwide fear of cloning derives from a a kind of vague and confused anxiety about a technology that seems out of control. Back in 1997, that was the year after Dolly was born, an article in the German magazine Der Spiegel said this, biologists and doctors anywhere in the world could hit upon the idea of generating genetically identical copies of geniuses, top-class athletes, artists, or movie stars. The person off the shelf, or homo Xerox, would no longer be mere fiction. Even Hitler's and Stalin's could be produced in labs of biomodelers if only one usable cell of theirs could be found. Well, actually, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> There's a section in the article by Dr. Werner Gitt on cloning titled, Would a Clone of Lenin Be Another Lenin? Right. And he writes this. 
While unlikely, the mummified body of Vladimir uh, Ilyich Lenin might just might provide still provide a complete genetic blueprint of his DNA. What if someone with sufficient technology were to use this to make a clone of the father of the Russian Revolution? He continues, many people are unaware that Lenin was one of the most bloodthirsty tyrants of this whole evolutionized century. And he's talking here about the 20th century. Uh, a recent Time article said his total ruthlessness was a model for Stalin, Mao, uh, Hitler, and Pol Pot. It cites one of the key Soviet dissidents of the era as stating that, stating that from Lenin's neat pen flowed seas of blood. A clone of Lenin would not necessarily give rise to a similarly murderous individual. The interaction of his, identical, genetic blueprint with the countless differences in his environment and opportunity means that Lenin's hypothetical offspring would likely be very different from his parent. Right, and he continues, uh, as a human being, he would have a unique soul. He could make his own choices in all manner of areas, including rejecting the evolutionism which turned Lenin into a mass killing machine. He might even become a born-again believer in the risen Lord Jesus. So while not justifying human cloning, common fears about armies of identical ruthless dictators lack a factual basis. So hopefully that uh, brings some clarity to some of the fears um, that... uh you know, about human cloning. But there, there are legitimate fears of cl- human cloning that do actually need to be addressed. Right. A, a major reason for this fear that is that in today's evolutionized world, there's no dividing line between the animal kingdom and humans. Mm-hmm. And often the same criteria, the same ethical standards are applied to both. The Bible, on the other hand, draws a clear line between animals and humans and gives ethical guidelines. But if you want more information, read the article Cloning Right or Wrong at creation.com slash cloning dash right or wrong with dashes in between. And much of the content of this show comes from that article that was published in Creation Magazine way back in 1998. One of the biblical reasons human cloning is wrong is that humans were created separately in God's image, unlike the animal kingdom. So humans exist beyond physical death. We're eternal creatures, and you can read about that in Luke 16, 19 to 31, uh, Philippians 123, and many other other places, and nowhere is this indicated for animals. Right, yeah. God allowed humans to kill animals in Genesis 9, 2, and 3, but concerning other humans, God gave the commandment, you shall not murder. That's in Exodus 20, where the Ten Commandments are given. Right. And also, God entrusted humans with dominion over the animal kingdom in Genesis 1, 26, but humans were never told to have dominion over other humans, nor manipulate them as they, you know, would be the case if you were to clone a human. Right, yeah. Furthermore, humans are meant to have fathers and mothers to be the offspring of a sacred marriage relationship. The family is ordained by God. But, but of course, circumstances in our fallen world mean that children sometimes have to be raised by only one parent, but a clone could never have two parents. Thus, the artificial cloning of a complete human being is opposed to biblical principles because it deliberately sets out to cause such a situation. Right, and there are further reasons for rejecting the artificial cloning of humans. Each fertilized egg, including those from uh, cloning, is a new human individual. But perfecting the cloning technique requires many experiments, and many individuals would be enabled to start life only to be deliberately destroyed, and killing innocent humans is murder. Right, the research director of a biotechnology firm said this, My own view is that the research, he's talking about about human cloning, is immoral at the present time and should always be immoral. 
To make the technique more efficient would require a great deal of experimentation, and to get this more, re more refined would be at the expense of having deformed babies, etc. To get it to a situation where, it could, where you could clone humans efficiently would have such a history of misery associated with it. So, while it might be right to, under some circumstances to clone uh, animals to benefit people, it's absolutely right. wrong to try to clone humans. Right. So, let's move on to stem cells. What are stem cells? Uh, as an embryo grows, different cells uh, in different places have to specialize, so only certain instructions are executed. The cells become differentiated, as we said before. Bone cells develop where bone is needed. Skin, nerve, muscle, brain cells, etc. develop where they are needed. All of the instructions on the DNA are there, but in the case of bone cells, for example, it has been turned off somehow except for the instructions that say, make bone. Right. However, stem cells are undifferentiated to, to some degree and uh, because they're, uh, they're, they're like embryonic cells in that many of the, their instructions haven't been turned off, so they have the potential to grow into many types of tissue. Right. Uh, many researchers have high hopes that they could be used to regrow damaged tissue, for example. They hope that it could help things like Parkinson's disease, uh, Parkinson's disease, insulin-dependent or, or type 1 diabetes, heart disease, Alzheimer's disease, and, and to repair nerves damaged by spinal injuries, for example. Stem cells can be found in embryos and in adults, and to create an embryonic stem cell line, a human embryo must be killed and its stem cells removed. All existing stem cell lines have been created with leftover embryos from fertility treatments, and many people think that because they probably never would be implanted, that we might as well use them for stem cell research. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, unlike, uh, but like human cloning, it would involve the killing of little people. Uh, so embryonic stem cell experiments are clearly wrong. On the other hand, there have been huge successes recently that are the result of using adult stem cells. Well over 70 cures have resulted from adult stem cell technology and the list continues to grow. Right. You can see a chart here listing various uh, different categories and specific successes. Uh, different types of cancer have been treated using adult stem cells, heart damage, the cornea of eyes have been regenerated, all kinds of autoimmune diseases and neural diseases and injuries have been treated, blood conditions, wound like, uh, wounds like replacing jawbone and skull have resulted from adult stem cells but embryonic stem cells have yet to produce a single effective cure for any disease. Uh, however, even if it did produce cures that, that have been promised from them, mm. embryonic stem cell research would still be immoral right. because it destroys human life. It's amazing how many medical breakthroughs have been made with adult stem cells. Yeah. And yeah. this leads to the question, What's the advantage of using embryonic stem cells? Why not just keep using adult stem cells? Yeah, that's a good question. And that question is answered in the FAQ section of the USA's uh, uh, the website for the National Institute of Health. Uh, it says this, human embryonic stem cells are thought to have a much greater developmental potential than adult stem cells. This means that embryonic stem cells may be pluripotent, that is, able to give rise to cells, cells found in all tissues of the embryo except for the germ cells rather than being multipotent, uh, restricted to specific subpopulations of cell types as adult stem cells are thought to be. However, a newer type of reprogrammed adult cells 
induced, called induced pluripotent stem cells, has proven to be pluripotent. So it was thought that the embryonic cells might thought. be better, but that's not actually the case. Right. You know, newer research suggests that, that adult stem cells can also be pluripotent. By the way, a, a multipotent stem cell means it can develop into different types of uh, of tissue and pluripotent stem cells can develop into any body part, uh, you know, but not the whole organism. Right, yeah. Uh, also, these uh, induced pluripotent adult stem cells are cheaper than embryonic stem cells <laughs> while remaining relatively easy to produce, rendering embryonic stem cells uh, inefficient and more expensive comparatively. And you can get adult stem cells from all over the body. Yeah. Probably the best sort of uh, source of stem cells is liposuction fat. <laughs> uh, researchers have grown cartilage, muscle, and uh, more fat cells from such stem cells depending on the uh, nutrients in which the cells were grown. Right. Uh, an abundant source of stem cells is the umbilical cord, which, uh, which has already proven themselves in treating leukemia, stem mm -hmm. cells from there. A more recent discovery was that stem cells from umbilical cord, uh, umbilical cord blood were injected into mice which had suffered strokes and they affected a 50% recovery in brain tissues. Quite yeah. amazing. Professor Alan Mackay Sim awarded uh, 2003 Queenslander of the Year for his promising research into adult stem cells uh, from, the, from the nose says, Adult olfactory stem cells are readily obtained from the nose and relatively easy to grow and multiply in the lab. In a few weeks, we can make plenty of cells for transplantation. The article says these adult olfactory stem cells appear to have the same ability as embryonic stem cells in giving rise to many different cell types, but have the advantage that they can be obtained from all individuals, even older people who might be most in need to stem cell therapies. And continued, stem cells obtained from and transplanted into the same person would not be rejected by the immune system. Well, that's a huge advantage a over class, yeah. embryonic stem cells. If your own stem cells are used to regrow damaged tissue, there's no rejection. Uh, there's no rejection issue. Yeah. In the case of an Israeli boy who was injected with embryonic stem cells by Russian doctors, it, that highlights the dangers of the treatment with embryonic stem cells. Embryonic stem cells are less stable. In the case of the Israeli boy, the injections caused tumors in his spine and his brain. Right, and you contrast that to uh, the case of Claudio Castillo, uh, a 30-year-old um, mother of two in Barcelona whose life was saved by new adult stem cell treatment. She was given a new windpipe yeah. made from her own stem cells, not embryonic ones. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's a picture showing four steps, just a neat little picture, four steps to regrowing a damaged cornea. The cornea is the clear lens at the front of your eye. So step one there in the picture says, you get stem cells from the good eye, you grow them on a contact lens for 10 days, then place the contact lens in the damaged eye for about three weeks, and step four says, you see it there, stem cells heal damage to the cornea and sight improves quickly. Sight quickly improves. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? There was an article in Medscape magazine from December 2014 titled, Stem Cell Therapy May Someday Replace Corneal Transplants. Cool. And that, that's amazing. And, and it highlights the value of stem cell research. Geneticist David uh, Prentice, who teaches life science at Indiana State University in Terre Haute, says, Adult stem cell research has already shown itself to be extremely promising for treating numerous degenerative diseases such as heart disease, stroke, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and diabetes. Adult stem cells have shown, been shown in animal models to repair heart damage, provide therapeutic benefit for stroke, and reverse diabetes. 
and adult stem cells have already been used successfully in human patent patients to relieve lupus, multiple sclerosis, and arthritis, to name a few. That's amazing. Martin Grompe, professor of molecular, uh, of, uh, molecular medical genetics at Oregon Health Sciences University, reinforced this point when he, commented, when he was commenting on another study. He said, this would suggest that maybe you don't need any type of fetal stem cells at all, that our adult bodies continue to have stem cells that can do all this stuff. Right. Great. Now, there's a lot more details, uh, many more amazing yeah. medical breakthroughs as a result of adult stem cells uh, in a fairly long article at creation.com, Stem Cells and Genesis. Let's summarize the issues regarding stem cells. Now, we'll, we'll, let's start with the scientific issues. Okay. Uh, stem cells are those with the potential to form many different types of tissue. They're found not only in embryos, but in many types of non-embryonic and even adult tissues. Their potential for growing many types of tissue means that they show promise for treating many types of diseases and disabilities. Uh, the best treatments to date are from non-embryonic stem cells, and the best source so far is, is liposuction, <laughs> liposuction fat. There you go. Yeah, no lack of that. Uh, <laughs> conversely, embryonic cells have had no successes, and experiments have shown potential dangers include uh, including tissue rejection, which isn't an issue for adult stem cells that come from the patient. Yeah, bonus. And let's also summarize the ethical issues. Firstly, the Bible teaches that humanity starts at the beginning of creation, uh, at, at the beginning of biological life. Since murder, intentional killing of human life is wrong, it follows that embryonic stem cell research, human cloning, and induced abortions are wrong because they all involve, all involve intentional killing of humans. Right. Genesis 2-7 does not support the view that the human embryo does not have a soul or humanity. Although it seems to be changing, the successes of adult stem cell treatment have largely been overlooked. Justifying the killing of embryos for medical or research benefits will help to dehumanize them in the eyes of the public, and it is, and perpetuate the idea that one class of humans is expendable. Right, so there we have it. We've uh, covered a lot of ground in today's show on cloning and stem cells. And for more details, there's a whole section on the website that's uh, a collection of our key articles on stem cells and cloning. And you can just go to uh, creation.com slash cloning and you can find just a, a wealth of material there. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, it's amazing that, uh, um, you know, with all of the advances that have been, the medical advances that have been made with adult stem cells, that you, you could ask the question, and maybe you are, why bother with embryonic stem cells at all? Absolutely. And, you know, many times when you are having the discussion with people, you get this kind of, um, you know, heart-wrenching tale of somebody that's, you know, maybe has their spine broken and, and well, are you saying we, we, we we're going to stop research to yeah. prevent this person from getting, you know, well, and you pointed out, well, yeah, you've got to kill people in order to get these embryonic stem cells. So, um, even though that's a heartbreaking condition, uh, you're not going to kill one person to, you know, to, yeah, to, to, to relieve somebody else. But then that's usually where they go. But when you actually look at the um, the research, it hasn't been successful anyway. So you're much much better off just just continuing along the path of adult stem cells. You don't have the moral issue at all, and uh, it's it's better. Yeah, better the list of successes with adult stem cells, like we had the chart up there before. Is, is growing all the time. That article, we keep updating and adding new, new research successes. Right. It's amazing. Yep. It's kind of a fun topic to talk about and, and controversial. Of course, that's where we live as a ministry, I guess, in controversy. <laughs> but if you want more of that kind of information, uh, get the magazine, Creation Magazine. This is Creation Magazine Live. Yep. 
Creation Magazine, you can view a free digital copy online. You can flip through the pages online, go to creation.com slash free mag, check it out. If you like it, subscribe, just go to creation.com, you subscribe yourself up there, and you can get the print and the digital version. We'll see you next week. Creation Magazine Live is a production of Creation Ministries International, the publisher of Creation Magazine and the minds behind creation.com. If you want to chip in to support our ministry, go to creation.com slash donate. And thanks for listening.